people start this podcast by trashing the entire Lincoln. city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll go well. You know, it'll be fine. I only live here, not born and bred here. It's fine. Oh, where are you from? A little bit of everywhere. everywhere. Military kid, so I've been sort of a traveling kid. Plus, I'm half German, half English, so. Nice. A little bit of everything there. That explains the name. True. <laughs> I did wonder, because I was reading it, and I was like, I don't know how to pronounce it. Verena. Verena. And I was yeah. I was like, it could be Verena, could be Verena. Yeah. And I was I went through a while where I was like, yeah, I'm just not even gonna try. I was gonna it's ask. Probably even type it into Google and say, how do you pronounce this name? Oh no, I don't go that far. <laughs> that takes some proactiveness, which I just don't have. Either way. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's my first podcast. Your well. first podcast. I know. Mm-hmm. There's not that many in Lincoln. True. True. I have a few friends that have podcasts, just not in the country. They're <laughs> so harder to hard do. Hard to be on yeah, it. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, this is my first one. It'll be fine. <laughs> I hate listening to my own voice back, so that might be a challenge. I mean, I'm exactly the same. I don't listen to them back. I don't edit. Okay. Oh. Mm. So kind of you just no. kind of let it ride and see what happens. Because I don't like listening to myself. So, no, me neither. No. And then people comment and they say, oh, you said this and I found interesting. And I'm like, did I say that? Oh, I don't remember. I don't recall saying that. Maybe I said that. Who knows? <laughs> Either way, for the people listening, tell them what you do. I'm Verena. I have my own embroidery business, Fabric Tattoos. Um, I'm an embroidery artist, doing everything by hand, no machines, and I focus my sort of style is very traditional tattoo inspired, mm-hmm. as well as sometimes just throwing my own flavor in there. And I use a lot of reclaimed materials because I don't really want to contribute to the waste sort of crisis, and I sort of know quite a bit about the, like the fashion industry and fabric um, like production. And it's kind of a mess, so I'd rather use things that already exist and can give them a new life and a new purpose and make them pretty again. That's a good good cause. Even, like, frames and stuff, I guess, I can hand off eBay and people are just going to throw them out. I may as well take them. Steal them. I'll I'll hoard for you. I mean, my house is full of stuff like that, where I pick it up and I'm like, I will use that later. And then six years later, I'm looking at it like, I haven't used you. I I need to do a clear out of my cupboards. I just imagine just like a, a, you know, like when you open the doors and everything falls. Mm, that's kind and, of like yeah. my fabric drawers at the minute. Yeah. They, they're struggling to close, which is good because people are donating stuff to me and that's nice. But yeah. I'm like, I need to use this stuff. Just buy another cabinet. <laughs> well, there's that, but also I'm limited just the room in my parents' house. Okay. As yeah. a studio and yeah. my living space. So yeah. until space. I make a super bank doing what I do it's, it's going to be a struggle you could do one of those things where you, you like cover your ceiling in netting and then you can utilise your ceiling for storage space I'm 5'3 I mean ladders exist I'm 5'3 <laughs> I forget people are smaller yeah I am I'm an average female average female whereas I can touch my roof and yeah I, I realised that the other day when I had to take my fire alarm down and I did it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm tall. I, I stand on my desk chair to get to, like, cupboards that are about as high as that one, so, like, the, near to the ceiling cupboards. Yeah. Because I've got, like, a built-in in my room. Yeah. I have to stand on the chair. That's fair. How long have you been sewing for then? Um, I, so I started, like, July, I guess, of... How many years has it been? <laughs> I think 2018? Okay, so a couple of years. 20, 17 either way yeah. yeah it was um i just sort of picked it up as a hobby just to have something to do while i watch netflix aimlessly yeah. and didn't have a job so did that right after i sort of graduated from my undergrad and then decided to go thank you to go and do a master's mm-hmm. and when i was accepted they send you like a, a uni jumper okay like a free one and it was a large but I thought when I go back, I don't want to be just another blue jumper walking around campus. 
so I wanted to customize it a Makes little sense. bit and also just challenge myself mm-hmm. to upcycling a piece of my own clothing. And because it was free, I was like, I'm not that invested in it. I already had a Lincoln Uni one from my undergrad. So I was yep. like, if I fuck it up, it's fine. Um, so I tweeted the uni and asked, is there any rules against customizing the hoodie? Because I'm, you know, defacing the logo or whatever. Just thought I'd check. Yeah. Um, and they tweeted me back and were like, no, we encourage it. Like, go ahead, send us pictures when you're done. Like, do what yeah. you want. I was like, cool. So I, I embroidered like this whole tree of life sort of thing on the yeah. front of my hoodie. If you see my Instagram, you'll see it far down. Um, and from there, people were like, oh my God, that's cool. Do this for me, do that for me. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And then a business was born and I've never stopped learning since. I find it strange that you asked for permission to do it. Why? I don't know. I feel like if it was me, I'd, I'd have just done it and then... There's that, but I didn't want to Wait for it. them to tell me to take it down. Well, there's that, but I didn't want to do it because I knew it would take it like it took me six weeks to sew it and there's like all day every day um and I I, I didn't want to make it wear it on campus Mm -hmm. in the cold of September October November and then have a member of staff something say you need to take that off you can't be wearing something that's defacing like or anything like that I didn't think they'd have a problem with it but I just wanted to check with them um maybe I just invite trouble (laughs) maybe Maybe. maybe I'm just too cautious (laughs) I mean, it only took five seconds. It's always better to ask permission. True. Not when it's art, though, I don't think. Depends on the art. Maybe. What did you do your master's in, then? Creative writing. Creative writing. Mm. Is that what you studied when you did your formal degree? Uh, No, my undergrad, I did film and TV production. Okay. Graduated at Lincoln, because I I changed unis for my third year. I was at ARU in Cambridge for literally just FTV production. Yeah. And um, it was just too small. I hated it. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of controversy with them, like tutors and stuff. So I decided to transfer and yeah. go back home and save my maintenance loan and not spend it all on rent. So I did that. Yeah. And then, yeah, they just took me in. And I just completed under the media production course. So That's technically cool. I have a degree in media production, but I'm just FTV. That's fair. You're the second person I've interviewed this year who's done, like, film production. I mean, there's plenty of us. There is, but I find they're harder to find. Well, in Lincoln, isn't the course, like, a 300-student intake something something for But that's because they've, like, blended courses now as well. Like, my course doesn't exist. All right. They blended that into media production. Uh, What course did you do? I did contemporary lens media. Uh Uh-huh. So it was yeah, like it's been blended for a while now. Yeah. Fine art based, mm. a bit more that kind of like dredge. Because I was, I, I wanted to do media production, but then I had no interest in TV, and I, I saw it as very. This is how you learn to be a cameraman for TV, and I didn't want to do that. So I was like, oh, I'll go down the fine art route, and then they got rid of my course, and I was like, well, yeah, I think they've turned it more into a module <laughs> than a course. Just do one, yeah. you know, one module on fine art. I mean, I'm quite glad that I went into the media production course after the first two years because i didn't right. want to do all of the blended yeah. crap like i didn't want to do newspapers and journals like i was like yeah. i'm not into it yeah that's why i went for an ftv course in the first place um so i was quite glad and plus i could then specialize in screenwriting which is what i wanted to do for my final major project anyway yeah. and i couldn't do that at my first uni but you've made a departure from that now have you have you stopped that not really yeah. i'm still really passionate about it it's still like i'd say I'm kind of two people in a way. Like there's the artist, the embroidery drawing that side of me, and then there's the writer side of me. Mm-hmm. And after I did um, my undergrad, and I studied and basically, you know, became really good at scripts. <laughs> but um, not to toot my own horn, but no. I got really good at scripts. Got really good at scripts. <laughs> um, I decided I wanted to learn more about the craft of novel writing and description okay. because in, in script writing, you can't be very descriptive. That's I found that really hard. It's you, really hard to you train get out You so yourself, used yeah. to just writing narrative lines. Yeah. You find you can write a play, Yeah. but as soon as you start writing fiction, yeah, you're so, just lost. Yeah, yeah with, with script, you have to really boil it down to what can you see on the yeah. screen and then just dialogue and action, and that's it. You can't go into the depths of their emotional being um so that's why i went back to do my main creative writing to sort of 
get that side of it again, try my hand at fiction yeah, um, and see where I lie with that. Because with my undergrad, I found that I centered more towards like not teen dramas, but young adult drama. Okay. More and definitely more television based than film. Um, I don't know why I would just prefer the long form narrative of television. Yeah. Um, so that's where I, I like to be. Okay. And more drama based. So I wanted to see if I went into fiction mm-hmm. where I'd sit with that. And it's quite different ish. Um ish. I, I found when I did my um masters, I found my little home in young adult horror. Okay. Yeah. And I hate horror movies. You hate horror movies. I don't like horror movies. But you wrote on young adult horror. But I like writing horror. I don't know why. It's really Why do you weird. hate horror movies? What puts you off them? I I don't know if, if it's because it's the the form of feature films okay. limit like plot the, the anyway. Minutes. So when it's horror, they basically just throw plot out the window, yeah, completely, and just do cheap thrills. Most of and time. I hate that. <laughs> okay. And things like Annabelle and getting, oh yeah, but the Conjuring terrible. and yeah. Purge and all of that. I'm like, no, I can't deal. Not that I'm, like, scared of it. I just don't yeah. see the point of it. That's my problem with horror is I can't suspend disbelief enough to believe that it's scary. Yeah. And I think that's what its intention is. Mm. And if I can't do that, I'm like, I'll just get bored. And like you say, yeah, you lose the plot and you're like, well, mm. this is just gone now. And yeah. So I love, scary. like, TV horror, kind of like um, Sabrina, like the new Sabrina series. I haven't seen any of the new Sabrina. touches on the sort of horror element of TV. And just because... I don't know why, but I think maybe it's just what, since like the streaming services have kicked off hmm. and that they've done very well with their own productions, that they actually have the money to put into the production yeah, and don't rely on like CGI. Yeah. And they have actual real prosthetics like and actual I prefer effect. it. Yeah. And they do it well. Yeah. So, and, and their stories even... to follow and relationships <laughs> to follow and it's just better. Depth. You, yeah. you want that depth. Maybe that, I could see that. You get a lot more depth out of a TV length. Mm. But then you also, I think you run the risk of them overdoing characters. There is that. By trying to force development, all that kind of thing. So you like you have a character for a, a very long time and you see them in one way and how they would behave in situations. And then if they go against that, it can ruin a lot of the previous work. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, you've got longer to develop. Not just the an hour yeah. and a half. And I'm sure a lot of shows have fallen into that the yeah. trap of basically killing in characters. I find it, I think, I don't know, I can't decide if TVs are a lot more ruthless in terms of shows. Mm. I feel like maybe you have to go hard quite early because so many shows now get cancelled. True. Like, you have to put your all in for that season one. because it's first if you three don't, episodes. Yeah. Whereas we got used to, way back when, you could have the pilot would go out and it wouldn't be very good. But you give it a yeah. week. Yeah, and then you watch like, episode one yeah. and episode two, and you'd be like, eh, maybe. And then season two would get me, and you'd be like, ah, oh, season two is really good. Well, it's now as if you can't grip them completely in the pilot, yeah. it's dead. If you can't trounce another show yeah. within that season, you're, you're screwed. What did I watch recently? I watched, um, is it Dirk Gently? Oh my god, I love Dirk Gently. <laughs> but I didn't know it had been cancelled. <laughs> so bet, I got to the end, cry? and I was like, what? How? No, I need you more. cry when you're like, it's over forever? And the amount of times that fans have tried to bring it back and have talked to the creators and been like, the petitions have been signed, many, many petitions have been yeah. signed, and they're like, I'm sorry, we just can't. It was so sad. I actually sewed a whole Dirk Gently themed hoodie for a friend yeah. um, who also loved Dirk Gently. So it's got the ever bulb yeah, on the front nice. with like a hand that's all thread painted. And um, then on the pocket, it says, it's a thing. Right. <laughs> And then it's just got all the character symbols down the arm That's... in their colours. But yeah, it's a thing. I was very disappointed. And I, I found out it had been cancelled by talking to a friend who we, I said, oh, I'm starting watching it. And he was like, oh, okay. And didn't mention it. I just recommend everybody watch it because it's amazing. <laughs> it and is it's, amazing. It's a whole sort of new kind of TV show. Yeah. Um, but be prepared <laughs> to be disappointed <laughs> when, when you finish season two, I think it was. And then yeah. they didn't pick up three. And it's sad and it's... It I think that's hurts. what's worse, that it didn't just get one season, that it got two seasons. So you had long enough to be fully invested. Yeah. Like, if it, if it ends after a season, you're like, okay, I can leave that be. 
I don't care about that. Mm. Got two seasons. And it was so open for it as well. It did, yeah. It left it open for us. It, it was, was just such sad. a nice ending. Mm. I recently rewatching uh, Community. Oh, yeah. And I hadn't seen season six. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of disappointed by it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I'm at that stage where I'm like, I feel like you should have cancelled this way earlier than you did. And that's the thing, you know, you never really know with a TV show how far mm. it's going to carry. But then you can say the same with feature films, like quite often the third one ruins the franchise. Yeah, So definitely. And then they reboot it in the fourth and the fifth and then... And the sixth and seventh and the eighth and ninth. That's a trademark of horror. <laughs> Just rebooting. Do Oh, let's do the same story but change the character and make yeah. her more dumb. Make them run even further. It's just the classic girl in a... Apparently has full makeup, has been oh, yeah. sleeping, but is wearing just like a t-shirt and a bra. And instead of running out the front door, she runs upstairs. Of course, because then you're trapped. And I'm like, mm, you dumb, you deserve to die. I feel like, I don't know if I could live with myself if I was in like a dangerous situation. And then I did get myself trapped because of the amount of time I've spent trashing horror films for doing exactly the same. Because <laughs> I made the worst decision. Yeah, such a hypocrite. Just kill me. <laughs> Yeah, if, me, if I you know, made that mistake, I'd be like, yeah. you know what? I deserve this. this. Yeah, this happens. We'll go further down the line. Like, I'll make better decisions. You're not going to evolve if I remain within the human genome. No. Like, we need to just kill it now. Definitely not. No. So, yeah, that's that's my major problem with it. Psychological thrillers I love. Okay. And I like gory movies or, like, gore-within movies. Yeah. Just like, not... My dad practically raised me on, like, martial arts films. And we'd get to, like, ninja assassin and there's people, like, chopping heads in half and I'm there like, <laughs> Wait, are these good martial arts films or bad, yeah, yeah, bad martial arts films? Yeah, they're good, proper, okay. the proper ones. Because I like watching terrible martial the, arts films. country. I, I like watching the bad ones. Because they're Have you bad. ever watched Kung Pao? I have watched oh, Kung Pao. so good. It is so good. That was, Such like, a good film. our car travel movie when we were kids. Kung Pao. Because we have, we had the the sort of big Ford car with that yeah. TV screens in the back seat, in the seats of the passenger seats. So on long trips on our caravanning holidays, we'd yeah. watch, um, we'd watch Kung Pao, um, national security for reasons with Martin Lawrence. Don't know why, but that was a re- repeat. Um, I can't, I can't remember what else, but that was Kung Pao is definitely one of them. Yeah. And considering, I would have been quite young at the time. I don't know if it was entirely appropriate for me. I mean, there's nothing too bad in it. Like, it's been a while since I've seen it. Mm. But at the same time, I can't think of anything which jumps out of this is terrible. Mm. Like, shouldn't be shown to a child. Because, I mean, I guess you wouldn't understand it if you saw it. True. Well, yeah. There's a lot of that. It's, it's a little risque. A little bit risque. Just on the edge of risk. <laughs> there's a three-breasted woman in it. But yeah. That's, that's not necessarily obscene, though. No, but I mean, as a young woman, <laughs> as a child, it's just female, expanding your view of body like, What's going to happen? It's like that's completely natural. That, uh, <laughs> doesn't matter okay. what I encounter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. As long as you're not spent your life looking for that, like, no, I've, I've seen it. I know it exists. No, therefore. I realize it is a, yeah, and you know, just the imagination of man. So it's fine. I think that's yeah. I'm happy with two. It's okay. With two. <laughs> That's not a secret dream. Just, no, it's just... not. I don't, you know, I'm not saving up no. for surgery no. on that one, I'm afraid, no. <laughs> uh, nah. No. Nah. So, I obviously found you through Instagram. True. And uh, there was two things which I kind of touched on when I contacted you and said, hey, you should probably come on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is super nice, by the way. Uh, thank you. I do try. I, 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 I'm always a bit weird about approaching people for podcasts, especially people I've never really spoken to before. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, essentially, I'm just going to slide into your DM <laughs> and be like, you but should like, come to my house and be recorded. <laughs> um, but we can talk about whatever you want during. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the Sims. Yes, The Sims. Why, why The Sims? I just love The Sims. I don't know why. I love it. I grew up playing it, you know, from Sims 1. Yeah. Did you ever play it? I've, I've played a lot of Sims. Yeah. So... I've just kind of been a diehard Sims fan my entire life anyway. And when Sims 4 came out, I mean, I was only like your sort of, your vanilla player. Like okay. I only really, yes, I used Rosebud and Motherload occasionally. I knew those cheats. That was fine. Did the I thing. I like you just give context to that because there's people who are listening people who are just listening like, will know what I mean. What is she talking about? <laughs> you know. You're part of the community. You know. I don't feel like you can be a vanilla Sims player though. I think, no, you can be. I feel like you you dive in, you play for a month, and then you go, I've been playing Sims for like six hours a day for a month. Um, I'll stop. That's vanilla. And then you go back for like 
another when year. you're not playing challenges, if you're not doing crazy builds, if you're not using oh, yeah. the build cheats and things like that, yeah, then yeah, I can say you're kind of a vanilla gamer. Okay. But um, when I, I think about the same time I started embroidering, I actually just sort of fell into YouTube. Of course. As one As you does. Do. Yeah. As Down one falls into YouTube. And I found um, just videos of someone who made a tiny house in Sims 4. Okay. Using, like, I mean, crazy build sheets, but literally made a, if, any, if anyone knows Sims, a 4 by 4 house, fully functional right. for a single Sims player. Considering, like, my entire life, I've made a bathroom a 3 by 3 tile. Yeah. <laughs> to make an entire house in a 4 by 4 tile, I was like, how the hell is this possible? And for anyone who actually wants to look it up, it was James Turner YT. And I kind of love him. He's Australian. Um, and then from there, I just sort of watched all of his videos, mm -hmm. figured out that Let's Plays exist. Yeah. And got, like, super into them. Yeah. I feel like if I were a sim, my video gaming skill upped quite drastically just by watching, watching the videos. Plays, yeah. And, like, learning more about the game and just sort of falling in love with it in a different way um and i haven't not watched a sims video since like every day like i i have my morning coffee and i watch you sims, watch sims did you? videos i watched james i watched deligracy and um vic Sala, although she doesn't always do sims she does other games too and yeah james is my he's my number one but you you publicised yours through Instagram stories. I did because I kind of wanted just to have a go a little bit, but okay. because my laptop currently sucks because it's like a decade old um, and it's like got an i three processor. It's pretty sucky on, on the edge of <laughs> yeah. So Sims, when I play Sims, especially with like all the expansion packs and everything, it's yep. really laggy. Okay. So I couldn't just stream it right because i was like this would be painful for everybody so i thought i'll just play around if i'm playing it i'll see if i just take photos as i go along and post them on my stories see yeah. if anyone sort of enjoys experiencing it along with me and quite a few people have responded to me saying that yes that was really funny i really enjoyed yeah. it the level of interaction yeah. is what got me yeah. initially because initially i was like ah oh, you know just playing sims and then it was like the story you were trying to make as well, I was just like, okay, it's gotten a little darker <laughs> and it's gotten a little more interesting. It's not just like, because I've, I've, a friend of mine's, um, sh um didn't go on airplane mode. It's just, that's, that's not, that's just Wi-Fi doing things. Um, yeah, she does like fashion for Sims. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, CC? I don't know. Custom content? I don't know. I didn't when they told me I was like fashion for sims and then I kind of twitched off and they showed me some videos and I was like I'm not interested with what's going on here mm -hmm. and then when I saw it I was like actually no there's, there's like there's layers to this which is going on and then it's just yeah the fact that you'd put a lot of things to public vote and I was like oh, yeah. oh okay there's like yeah. a reality show <laughs> I know it's fun because when I like um, a streamer that I watch quite a lot but I don't watch him live because yeah. He's in America and he streams from like 11 p.m. America until 5 a.m. Right. America. So that's crazy times here. Yeah. And I'm asleep. I need sleep. So um, he posts everything onto YouTube. Right. Um, anyway, so I sort of just catch up. Um, and his name is Dr. Gluon. He's pretty funny. And he's a comedy streamer. Okay. So he does pretty wacky things. And he always does wacky things. And he always involves a lot of polls with his chat. Mm -hmm. Um. So that's kind of where I got that idea from. Okay. And I just wanted to practice with it. And yes, I do plan to actually stream because I just bought a new laptop that's going to be like killer. And I'm going to have fun with it. And I will reboot the child labor challenge. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> yeah, it is exactly what it says. It's yeah. a child labor challenge. <laughs> I have a mom sim who just gets pregnant by random meth and um, raises her children to do everything for her. She doesn't work. She... She's doesn't even her pay life. her own bills. She doesn't clean. She doesn't do anything. The kids have to do everything. And But they also need to get like good grades. <laughs> the pressure you're putting these Asia. children on. I know, but it's amazing. Insane. And um, I kind of altered it. And I, I don't know if anyone else has ever done this before. I've not seen it on any streamers that I watch. Um, so I guess I kind of coined it. But um, I also make like the daughters marry 
out. So when they become young adults, yeah. they marry out and the mother takes a dowry for their marriage. <laughs> so any money that the husband brings to the family, she keeps and they like just get taken What's out. What's going to happen when she dies, though? One of the daughters will have to take over. You should make them, like, I don't know, compete. Oh, that could be like an interim episode. Yeah. Like, once mom like, is like an elderly and she's about for, to die. Yeah. yeah, of like, let's bring the daughters back and do like a Sim Survivor challenge. Hunger Games for Sims. Yeah, easily done with the cow plant. Very easily done. Yeah. And now that with the, the do, new tiny living stuff pack, there's a Murphy bed that can kill them. <laughs> See, this is my, like my experience with Sims kind of, where did it stop? Probably about around Sims 3. Because mm. I've never, I've never bought The Sims. I've just had access to The Sims uh-huh, on, uh-huh. on a reasonable basis. Obviously. Like go to a friend's house yeah, and play it. Obviously, never had it directly at my own house. No, wouldn't do that I've to never the media industry. Accessed it, um, yeah. but yeah, it was. I was very much. It would be you know play for two months and then drop <laughs> <Straight>. off, <laughs> and then you kind of. It's the same with like Age of Empires, like anything simulation based. Yeah, where you kind of you get so into it. And oh then yeah, you drop totally. it And then you go back to it, and yeah. you do exactly the same thing. It's like a weird cycle that everyone just kind of accepts that that's how those games work. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played Sims in ages, yeah. but that's mainly because my laptop sucks and it's just painful. Yeah, if I can get through essentially like two Sims days in three hours, <laughs> it's just not totally worth it for me no. <laughs> currently. Definitely. So I am waiting patiently for my new baby to arrive and. Very nice. She a beast, and that's going to be my future. But I find it I find it interesting that you're so heavily invested in something which is narrative based, considering your your interest in like film production and background and creative writing. Mm, kind of all comes that all together, together doesn't it? yeah. But then at the same time, you sew. I know. And that you don't do narrative Sorry. in it. Not really. Do you think you could? Probably, if I was to say like a tapestry, I guess, but. You could time. Do a time <laughs> I, I need to live. No, so I kind of need. Who needs to live money when to you live. can like, create? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess in the in the narrative of my sewing is my own journey with uh, it, yeah. and as a business, uh. the journey of my yeah that see it works. It is sort of kind of definitely not cringy. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I mean, it's not what I'd put on my shop, but then again, yeah, I, I don't think I'm great at business. So. <laughs> it's, not... it's a learning curve for everybody. Oh, definitely. Definitely is. Yeah. I'm still learning a lot about it. Um, but yeah, it's... How do you find that, like, running your own... Business? Yeah. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. It's a mixed bag. I think if there was some kind of mentor i could go to for it it would be obviously be a lot easier and i think i'd probably stress a lot less about it and in the flip side i think the only reason it's business e is because you need money to live yeah so it's just because of consumerism that it needs to be a business otherwise it probably wouldn't be and i would just make pretty things (laughs) you know but if it was a quick thing like if i could do it as a hub that just hobby yeah that would be nice and then just every now and then do a car boot or whatever and see if it sells but if it doesn't like you just end up with drawers and cupboards full of art and you're like what do i do with it it's not being loved do you feel bad i mean yours is different in a way like yours interests me because so i do my creations obviously i give them to people or sell them Mm. usually just end up giving them to people because i'm terrible um obviously they go home and put it on their walls Mm -mm. whereas yours is designed to be worn some of it and a lot of it is also to be displayed. Okay. So there's like two different sides of it. So yes, you can do custom wearable stuff, wearable art. Mm-hmm. And I do love doing that because I think, again, looking back at fashion and fast fashion, everybody just looks the freaking same. Yeah. And I'm kind of sick of it. That's fair. And it's depressing. Yeah. Going into town. And I think I, it kind of hit me when... I basically wore the jacket I'm wearing now, which is a new look jacket and it was gifted to me. But I think I saw the same jacket about four times in one day and yeah. I was like, I hate my life. Yeah. And when in town, like all there are pretty much is places like New Look, Next, Primark, H&M, it's all fast fashion. Yeah. And when you really look into it, it's really bad. 
for the environment. Yeah. And it's all pretty much plastic yeah. or oil. Yeah. And it's terrible. So I started then gravitating more towards like vintage or charity shops. Um, and then just, again, just upcycling clothes for myself. And like with the with the hoodie and with doing that i just want other people to also express themselves through Mm -hmm. their clothing and to have a different aspect of what they're wearing because everyone's personalities are different there's a lot of eccentric people in the world and a lot of people like art they do so if they can wear it why not do you get more of a i don't know fulfillment out of something someone can wear than maybe something which they put in their home a little bit i think it's a mix Again, it's mixed. Like, I think I just get the same satisfaction from anyone who just wants to invest in me and, and as an artist. And is okay, they're like, yeah, yeah. you're an artist. I like your work. Make me something. And I'm like, oh yeah. my God, you're so nice. Okay, fine. <laughs> That's great. Send me pictures, please. But it's please really share. nice when they do, yeah. like, if it is wearable art and they send me pictures, like, with the Dirk Gently hoodie. Yeah. She, like, every now and again will send me, like, I'm taking Dirk out today. I'm like, I love you so much. I miss him. <laughs> and that one I definitely miss because... Yeah. A lot of love went into that one because I also love Doug Gently. Well, that's the other thing as well. Like, it takes you a while to make pieces because yes. it's such a long process. Yes. Disconnecting from that has got to be harder than, let's say, something you can make in an hour or True. two hours. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, but if it's something that's been a wee bit of a challenge. <laughs> it's more happy to wee see bit it go. More, yeah, a wee bit more of a challenge than I had expected. Then I'm kind of like, oh, finally gone. Like, take it, love it, <laughs> treat it well. It's like, this yeah. one you can adopt. Yes, this one can This go. is a closed adoption. This is a nuisance. This one is an open adoption. Please I leave. want regular photographs yeah. as it gets older. Like, that's it. <laughs> but again, like, even when it's wearable art, if yeah. they, you know, grow out of it, or if the clothing piece gets tatty, but the work is still pretty good, then mm. I even say to them, when you're ready to not wear it anymore, I can turn it into something else. Yeah. You know? Even, especially with things like hoodies and like, you know, you can easily turn it into a cushion, you can turn it into a framed piece and then you can keep it forever. So although because what I do is by hand and Mm. I, you know, have a decent rate because I'm not stupid, it is fairly expensive when you go for bigger things, but it will essentially last forever. Yeah. And I do always offer like one year's free repairs because it's just just makes sense it's like a warranty yeah, yeah. just like in case if it you comes do snag over. it yeah or something snaps or breaks and you know yeah. just, I'll, I'll fix it it's quite fragile yeah medium <laughs> so it's like, it's rather than if they you know accidentally ripped a couple of stitches within yeah. the year and then don't wear it and i'm like well that wasn't the point i'll fix it for yeah. you so you can keep wearing it and not buy into fast fashion that makes sense so your work you say is love is based on like tattoo style Mm-hmm. Do you have tattoos? No. You have no tattoos? This is why... <laughs> this is why you do the fabric tattoos? Yes. Okay. Because... Can you get tattoos or are you one of those people who can? I mean, there's no medical reason why I can't. Okay. Um, I guess I'm just not exactly indecisive, but I've... Like growing up, yes, I had a couple of ideas of what I wanted as tattoos on me and I still kind of want them. Yeah. But I am a pussy, so... <laughs> I'm too afraid to get it done. And I always have that, I don't know, that little voice in my head from my parents saying, you know, when you're 80, you're not going to like it. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're going to want to hide it. So it's going to be somewhere where you can, you know, cover it up easy. And I'm like, yeah, but also I could just look like a sick biker grandma. I never understood that phrase. It seemed like more of a challenge of, oh, when you're old, you want to cover it up. And I'm like, when I'm old, I'm going to give even less of a shit than I do now because I'm old. Mm. Like. So there's that argument, and then there's also I want it to be good. There, there is that. There is so a fear. to get yeah. it good. Yeah, I need to go to someone who's good. They cost money. I don't have it. That's fair. Yeah. So there's there's simple. that little catch twenty two. Yeah. Um. So then I was like, but I could tattoo my clothes and have the best of both worlds. <laughs> and then mine are a lot easier to get take off it's true yeah you know you can yeah. easily remove that tattoo and turn it and put something else in there it doesn't have to be a cover-up what is it about like traditional tattoo style though oh the colors i okay. guess a lot of the colors the style the shaping um it's with a lot of it it's simple yet detailed okay uh, i don't know it's just something about the traditional t- like i always 
when I was growing up, I watched a lot of um, LA Inc. Okay. And like New York, I watched a lot of tattoo shows. And I don't know, it's just something, it's just something about it that calls to me. And I just think it's really creative. And I like love color. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I'm just attracted to color. And to me, traditional tattoos are the most colorful. Yeah. That's usually why I avoid them. Because I always look at them, like I've tried doing traditional tattoo style and much like graphic design, mm. I suck at it <laughs> because I can't keep the work I do clean, like clean lines and bold colors and everything like that. I avoid doing color work like mm-hmm. the plague because I find it hard. Um, and so it's like I always delve, end up delving back into sketchy black and white styles. Whereas, yeah, traditional tattoos, I'm always like, eh, I can't do that. See, when I draw... It's like a mystery to me. <laughs> When I do my drawing and my sketching, yeah, it's black and white. Black and white. It's black, black and white. Simple because yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess around with painting and, and color yeah. on paper. But I know when I transfer it and sew on it, yeah. I can do it in color and do it well. That's fair. Yeah. I'm better at the embroidery <laughs> than I am at the drawing. I find like traditional tattoo style as well. Like, I find quite interesting because it's a lot of it's like heavily symbolic so much of that which whereas like you get like photorealistic tattoos mm-hmm. you can put a lot of detail into it so it's easier to see what's actually being said True. whereas traditional stuff's because it's so essentially basic in its imagery the imagery becomes way more important mm-hmm. do you find you do that with your work or do you find you're just going for visuals mainly visuals i mean some things have have meaning i love a good pun okay so i do like a good pun a good this pun. is why i like my recent Think cap because it's my thinking cap. I did like the think cap, <laughs> but with what I designed with it, it was not coloring in the letters, but coloring outside the letters, coloring mm-hmm. outside the lines. You know, think outside the box. Yeah. It's all working like that, and putting on your thinking cap. A lot of florals just... as well. Yeah, that was just a challenge as well because I don't do a lot of floral okay. unless it's like your traditional rose, which is what I've done on my jacket. Yeah, um, and I love roses. So there's that connection with traditional tattoos as well. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I think everything in some way is a challenge for me. Or the things that I make this, that aren't necessarily custom orders. Like this week I've done a lot of sort of passion projects. And in a way I've been challenging myself with a few of them, trying different stitches and different styles. So. Yeah. Everything just keeping, what's the word? Learning. Exactly. I am a nerd. I do love to learn, which is why I've got two degrees. So That's fair. Whereas I, I saw the education system as like more of a, a nuisance. To, to I to did me. up until undergrad, yeah. yeah. But what's weird, when I look back at education, I've gotten better with every different level. Okay. I've gotten like upper grade with every level, which makes no sense if you think yeah. you know, every level is supposed no, to be I, harder. No, I, I think I went down, like, yeah. <laughs> gradually. That should be the way it yeah. goes, but I don't know. I'm weird, I guess. And I went, like, C student yeah. at high school and A-levels to then, like, a 2-1 undergrad, and then it was, like, distinction in me. I was like, what is my life? I don't know. And I haven't written in, like, a year, so that's working. So technically need to do a doctorate so you can... Oh, I played with that idea. Yeah. Like, right out the gate of my MA, I was like, PhD. I was like, I know what I'd want to study. What would you want to study? I would want to study um, how to adapt a book to television, basically, and guarantee success. Okay. In the adaptation of book to television. Because it's kind of hit and miss. Yeah. And there's a lot of adaptation of book to film, but not necessarily book to TV. Yeah. And now with, like, Netflix and Amazon, and they're kind of killing it with adaptations i wanted to do that with a focus on horror novels okay and specifically in my like dissertation which is a creative dissertation so you basically just write a bunch of stuff for eight thousand words um i would adapt the darren shan demonata series okay um into like the first season of book one okay that's interesting you are kind of you are kind of a person of conflict yeah. within yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That you have such a in-depth kind of want for essentially dark narrative and narrative-led things, but then the things you create are quite light, quite colourful, quite positive messaged. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Aren't I so deep? 
That was really bad English, but aren't uh, I so, so deep? deep? Definitely the title of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Found it. <laughs> aren't Done. I so deep? Nailed it. Done. But then that, that kind of like brings me to, so the other thing which we kind of like talked about hmm. is the true crime and your yes. interest in true crime. Oh, I've been obsessed with like criminal minds again since I was a kid. <laughs> again, Don't it's TV why. though again. Yeah, and it's TV. And yeah. I mean, I basically grew up on television. Yeah. It was my only friend. No, it wasn't my only friend. <laughs> You're being a real dark picture of your life, right? <laughs> um, but I found a lot of friends in TV. Okay. In characters, and I connected with characters, and like I grew up watching Charmed, and I would rewatch the whole set of Charmed every year. Um, so I, I love that. I don't know why, but I do. And like Friends, we'd watch mm-hmm. Friends every year, and then Criminal Minds kind of just snuck its way in there when it came on TV, yeah. and I just loved it. It was the whole criminology thing, the psychology of it all. I was super into psychology um, in high school, so that's what got me. And then it was just actually what they write is yeah. insane. Yeah, what they come up with is sick. And I mean sick in like a good way and also disturbing. <laughs> in a bad way at the same time, yeah. But, and that's kind of what I fell like in love with it. And then when like true crime stuff started coming out, like I watched the Ted Bundy tapes and I was mm-hmm. like, this is freaking like yeah. weird. Um, things about, I can't remember what the, the show was called, but about the abduction or a girl who was abducted essentially by her neighbour. Oh yeah. Sure, and he... Yeah tricked her into having sex with him by claiming to be like the alien's wish yeah and that's how he essentially abused her for many many years and she let him yeah because she thought she was saving the world that didn't end how i expected it to end me neither that's like i was entranced in that Mm. like fully every every turn was getting one night and then when it kind of came round to her like escaping herself and then writing a book about it and going, yeah. oh, I, that, that did not resolve how I expected it to resolve no. in any way, shape, that he showed up. Yeah. And was like, their lies. Yeah. I didn't do that. And blah, tried blah, to keep it And going. it was like, um... The involvement of the parents got me as well. Like, the I level of their so involvement. Stupid. <laughs> there was so stupid. There was something on that like, where, you know when you watch a true crime show and it gets too weird? Yeah. And you're like, this can't be true. There's got to be, like, mm. an embellishment going on here. So then you have to fact check it. Like, you start searching, like, you're watching it, it's deep. like... I, need to, I don't go that just, invested. I need, to see, I need to see what happened. It's like with Ted Bundy, though. Like, I didn't know a lot of the stuff which was in there. I knew enough about him yeah, and what he did. But with, like, the finer details, and I was like, Ted Bundy escaped. Did he escape? Surely this can't be true at one point. And he, yep, nope, Ted the Bundy definitely stupidest, escaped. stupidest, stupidest guard in all of the world. Yeah. Left him in a freaking room by himself with a window. With a window. With a window. That was not locked. And thought, eh, it'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine, right? He's only a murderer. Sure. <laughs> this'll go well. And I've uncuffed him, so there's that. Yeah. He's not gonna See, run. He's not gonna run. He's noble. I mean, he was on the second floor. That's not that hard to jump out of. Like, you're not going to (laughs) die jumping from the second floor. You might break an ankle if you do it wrong. But if you tuck and roll, you might be fine. Ted Grundy gets... He's one of those ones as well. I feel like he gets too much credit. Like, people see him as, like, this mastermind. Because he was very charismatic. Yeah. So he basically just manipulated everyone with his charisma. And it was, like, Which I thought was interesting. dudes be stupid, so... I thought that was, like, interesting, though, with, like, you were getting a lot of media within that documentary, which was, mm. like, he's this mastermind, he's going around doing this. And then when, as soon as he got into a courtroom, everyone was like, no, he's actually just insane. Like, there's something broken inside of yeah, him. Yeah, he was a very broken yeah. man. He's, like, representing himself mm. and killing himself by doing it. Yeah, but during that documentary, there was a lot of things he did yeah. when he was free, and even when he had escaped, and I was like, that's stupid. Yeah. Like... You want to get caught. You're doing this to get caught. Yeah. And yet you don't get caught because it's America. Because <laughs> it's America in like the 70s or yeah. whatever it was. Well, yeah, it's because it was yeah. the 70s. So, yeah. Uh, 
And then, have you seen... Do you have Amazon Prime as well as Netflix? Yeah. They've now just dropped a Ted Bundy type series. Oh, a new one. But, yeah, it's What's not... What's left tapes. to say, though? <laughs> I don't know. Because I was like, I just saw it because we've... Me and the parents have decided to binge house. Okay. So we have, like, gotten through, like, four seasons in a month. It's so. never lupus, by the way. Like, doesn't matter how many times they reference it, it'll never be lupus. I know. Sure. It's never lupus. It's never lupus. It's never lupus. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I might actually make a hoop that says it's never lupus. It's never lupus. <laughs> but I saw in, like, recent, recently added, yeah. there was, it, it looks very similar to the screen grab for the Ted Bundy tapes right. series. And I was like, how do they have, what, what's, what's going on here? What kind of rights it weirds is me Dan, out, are like they doing here? I, I had this thought the other day of when I was going through Prime. Because I do I do the classic thing of I go through Prime, mm. trying to find something to watch, and then when I can't find something to watch, I go over to Netflix. <laughs> Two hours I try later, to watch, yeah. watch. And there's a lot of shows which are on both. And I was like, yes. am I paying twice for things which I'm getting twice? Is there a lot of crossover? There's like there's a fair amount of crossover. And I realise like a lot of people can own rights at the same time. Yes, because it depends on the distribution yeah. of the, that particular production. But like you say, with, with that whole especially down the true crime line, the amount of, like, documentaries which have the same content, same outcome. And I, I, I'm i like, I don't know if it's worth it, investing in another one of those. I suppose it... Yeah, just watch Mindhunter and it'll tell me oh, everything all I have Mindhunter. <laughs> oh. Surprisingly managed to actually work a lot whilst watching that because it's heavily dialogue. Oh, I can't do anything. It's one of the few shows where I can't do anything else. I just have to watch you it. You have to stare at it. Yeah. I have to like listen to everything and, and watch it. Like I, I'm one of those people who can single task. I have to be doing something else. Mm. I have to like I'm watching a film. I'm this sketching. is why yeah. I started embroidering because yeah. I was, was just sitting in front of the TV. Like my hands need to be doing something right now, and I'm not a great drawer. I need something. I was like, I just need something like mindless. Yeah. And the good thing about sewing is that you get into a rhythm, and it's yeah. quite calming, and it's just lovely. It's just yeah. lovely. It's just lovely. So. That's where I started, and then yeah. I got obsessive with it, and, you know, I've had my wrist in a brace about three times. This is, yeah, I mean, you have a repetitive motion task yes. to do. Yes. I'm actually very worried about carpal tunnel. Like arthritis? Yes. Everything like that? Yep. Carpal You're tunnel. You're kind of dooming like... yourself. Like, Ish. Down the line. Ish. Which is why... But then you, you, you take breaks, though, charging don't you? more, eventually. Well, yeah, I do take yeah. breaks. I mean, the dogs make me take breaks. Yeah. And, you know, I just have to sometimes move and get food and take breaks that way. But a lot of the time, I could easily go from, like, if I start at 10 a.m., I could yeah. easily not eat until 4 yeah. and just be sat there working on something. Especially if I have, like, a deadline in my head of wanting to get something done. Yeah. Or if I'm just into it. I, find, I always find it interesting when, like, artists have a medium which does require physical strain. It's like when you see um, people who do like pointillism and like mm. dot work and they're going for like hours and hours and hours. And then mm. there's been quite a few cases where people have been like, yeah, I physically can't do it anymore because it causes me pain. And I'm like, you don't think about it at the time. Mm. You just never think it's, you know, it's art, it's creating, mm. it's never going to physically damage me. And then hours down the line, you're like, oh, I can't move my neck. Yeah. It's the same as, it can be the same as a manual labor job, yeah. like the strain and essentially the stress it puts on your body it can be yeah. the same as you know being a builder being a brickie like yeah it's just as bad in some ways like if i sit with my legs crossed for two hours my knees are done yeah and i will i mean i've got a bum knee anyway but it will be in agony and i had to i mean last year um i took about three days i couldn't do anything because my knee was in spasm yeah and i just had to have it on rest on the sofa watched a lot of tv that day <laughs> but like it's a really week, clear theme within yeah, your life but I, I'm, I can't be in silence no so okay I've, i'm trying to come a, away from having the tv on and having more like podcasts on yeah but it's really easy to just put a sim stream on and not have to like pay yeah. that much attention i just sort of look up every now and then and then essentially it's just dialogue yeah it's more just funny do people make narratives in Sims? Yes. Like oh, f- yeah. Full dramas. Oh, yeah. That's what all the Let's Plays are about. Okay. And most of the time, they are challenge-based. Okay. So, um, and uh, mostly, I suppose, because Sims have been releasing a lot of packs this year. Mm. 
So a lot of like the Let's Plays have been pack based. So in exploring that pack and the features of that pack, and yeah. there's usually a drama behind it. But like with James, he um, started a Let's Play with a character called Lady Big Wallet for when um what was it was it when get to work came out so like that was the first expansion no get together was the first expansion pack but get to work was one of the expansion packs that came out that basically the one where you can make retail lots mm-hmm. and run your own shop right so you can um, live completely within sims and never have to leave <laughs> but um <laughs> <laughs> so your sims could have a retail shop and sell stuff and that yep. make them money that way and so he did a rags to riches series with Lady Big Wallet, so you start with zero money on right. an empty lot, um, and you have to become rich and get the life aspiration of Mansion Baron and whatever else, and Filthy Rich. So, once he was done with that, let's play in that character, and all the sort of drama and story that ensued from it, and it's pretty funny, because Sims has a lot of funny programming in it, mm-hmm. and glitches <laughs> that you can exploit quite easily. Um... From that, when he started his next Rags to Riches challenge with the next pack, he made it the child of that character. Okay. And has just been doing that essentially for five years. Yeah. <laughs> so he's now at a point where he's had his self-sim thrown into the sort of the canon of it all and some crazy, mm. some real crazy thing. When he, when he did a, a Let's Play with the Get Famous pack... That was wacky and kind of insane, but hilarious. I don't know why, but I like I love it when you. I know Sims is obviously essentially designed for stories because you're taking a mm. person and giving them mm-hmm. a life. I like it when people apply extra narrative to things which don't necessarily have it in the first place. Yeah, it's like um, it's reminded me of there was a show. I can't remember where it was shot, but essentially it was shot in an IKEA. They mm. went to IKEA and they shot a whole sitcom using IKEA sets. Easy. Nice. They did it yeah. completely without permission. They just took handy cams <laughs> and they'd shoot whole scenes just in really IKEA. Just while <laughs> and it was amazing because they made this essentially drama, this like soap opera drama sitcom within an IKEA. And I was like, amazing. that's amazing. You you just applied narrative to something where, you know, you've got fully built sets. Yeah. And the same with kind of like Sims or anything like that, where people just add that extra little character mm. to things. It just it makes sense. And that's, nice. I think, part of the whole youtube generation okay because the access to and twitch as well like the access to be able to stream it and to share it with others and get others to comment and be invested in it i think that lends itself more to narrative development because yeah when i play just on my own for me i could i mean i could easily sit there and play for 12 hours but i don't know what i'd do (laughs) i'd maybe spend three hours building a house and then one hour building the bloody sim and then i'll basically just play through their lives but very vanilla i'm curious do you think you'd ever blend essentially your darker interests with Mm. your lighter interests or do you like having that line i don't know there's room anything is possible (laughs) you know there's room for development in any way um but i guess yeah at some point eventually possibly okay because, I, I mean, to me, it's curious because it's like... I mean, the child labor challenge is kind of touching yeah, on it no, a no. little bit. <laughs> I mean, like, so, like, obviously you have, well, not you, but, like, any artist or any person mm-hmm. has, they have things which they're interested in, and then other things which they're interested in, they use that as an escape. So you can go make something nice and light because mm-hmm. it's an escape from, you know, if you draw horror all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair. So I know you... a particular artist who has two sides of her own craft. Yeah. One's horror and one's light and fluffy. Yeah. So as soon as you start to blend those, you kind of lose that disconnect because if that thing which you blend becomes the main thing you do, mm-hmm. you suddenly don't have an escape. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you'd have to Chills. find something else. Yeah, I, I don't see know if that. That's a, like a um, I think I don't know because I suppose if I was to go darker with, say, my embroidery, there, there isn't a lot of color in that, and. Maybe that's the it's, beauty of it. I suppose though. it's because it's such a long time spent on it. It might yeah. affect me negatively and I don't know how I'd feel about it. Okay. Because, yeah, in a way, you know, the act of embroidery and sort of that craft in itself is a positive on mental health. Yeah. Like the action of it, the rhythm of it, just the creating of it. You know, it's already proven in so many other cases that it's, you know, it's good for mental health. Yeah. Um, 
And I've definitely found that with myself. So I don't know if I was to then invest incorporate a horror element or a dark element. I don't know how I would react. Or maybe I'll try it and see. Yeah. But I don't know why I, draw- I can't draw horror. I don't think <laughs> it's like tattoo horror. I don't know. I think as far as I'd go, it'd probably be like a bloody knife. <laughs> I don't know because that's the other thing, like as well, like traditional tattoos. Mm. There tends to be a lot of dark. Yeah, there themes, is. Especially nowadays. There's like a lot of dark theming, yeah, but yeah. it's all wrapped up in a pretty little bow. You can make it as dark as you want, as long as it's nicely coloured. True. I mean, I do have a sad shark, which is okay. kind of depressing, but he is pretty. Sad shark. And he just wants to be loved. It's just a, a shark that's crying with swimming. a scroll that says, I deserve love too. Because <laughs> sharks aren't loved very much. That's, that's probably the, I, the darkest I've so <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm picturing him ahead and it's just a frowning shark. He's like, he's literally just like, ah, like crying. <laughs> it's like a little tear coming down his face and uh-huh. just on like a bed of, of tattoo roses. And it's just a scroll on it, like on his fin that just yeah. says, I deserve love Absolute. too. And it's just in a little um, four or five inch, because he's in a four. I like it. On denim. On denim. Yeah. And he's all colourful, but sad. <laughs> I, I love him, and a lot of people have loved him, but not adopted him. I feel, I feel like bad you, you could for him do like a he's... lot of series on that. <laughs> I probably could. Just yeah. a series. I mean, just I did, my little sad shark. I did a calendar of depressed animals. Yes, you did. Yeah. Which was, I mean, that was. It started off as me just venting mm-hmm. initially, um, and then I was like, it just lends it so nicely to it. But you could easily do like a series of sad, sad predators. Sad predators. Yeah, those yeah. are not totally. Accepted by society as yeah. adorable creatures, even though there is obviously a huge community that do love sharks. Yes, but it's not I know the... someone specifically who is obsessed with sharks. I know someone specifically who's obsessed with sharks. Probably not the same person. No, I'd imagine. Not the same Probably not. Person. But yeah, it's not unheard of. No. But yeah, it, I just find it even more sad that he's not found his forever <laughs> home yet. He's doomed to yeah. float alone. Oh. <laughs> float <laughs> they float when they're dead <laughs> even then they sink to the bottom of the ocean so it's getting yeah. gradually darker for him I mean that could lend itself to a series but I don't know I've not really thought about doing a series of like a character or you do tend like to do that. singular pieces I've noticed hmm. rather than like continuations yeah. and I don't know if that's just because I need to get it out of my brain Okay. because I'm still fairly not new to it but new to it yeah and because it's only been a couple of years it's just sort of all these ideas in my brain i'm like just get it out get it yeah. out churn it out but not churn out because it takes like 17 hours <laughs> this i think this is why in a way like when i started following you i was fascinated because on instagram not in life um, yeah yeah <laughs> followed you slid into your dm just like yeah this is cool no so it's like i mean when i work i hate when things take me too long like mm-hmm. drawing wise i this is why i have such a sketchy style because it's get it done get it out produce it and then refine it later on which just does take hours yeah and i'm like I, I could never do that i mean the final process of it takes hours yeah but yeah. i will just vomit it onto a page first it's the same with writing it's the same process of writing it's just you you know when you're looking at an empty page you just yeah. have to word vomit yeah and then find the nuggets from there but you, it takes so long to find those nuggets. Like, but so. that's the process. If you can't do that, you're not going to be good at it. And no. therefore, it's just a waste of time anyway. No, it's just, there's a level of patience with it, which I, I guess I don't yeah. have. I mean, like, yeah, when I started doing it, my mom literally turned to me and said, I don't know how you can have the patience to do that. I was going to ask, like, does your, is anyone else in your family do anything like this? Apparently. And I didn't even know this until I basically almost finished my hoodie. My okay. mom turned to me and said, oh, yeah, your grandma used to. So she was a seamstress. And her mother was. And I was like, oh, great. Good to know now, mother. Thank you. Why didn't you push me into textiles when I was younger? Great. I could be better at this by now. But then you'd resent it and you would have, like, deviated from it and been writing in your spare time. My parents were good. They let me do what I wanted in terms of, like, education and stuff. But, yeah, so I guess weirdly it is in the blood. Like, at least on my German side. I don't think on my English side. I mean, on my English side, it's basically just military. Which is probably where my darker side comes to it. (laughs) <laughs> that's part of my family has seen war and that's what I write about no yeah. But, um, yeah so I think 
yeah, it's kind of the blood, but yeah. I've never been taught by anyone in my family. Like, I've not seen it by anyone in my family. Um, one of my mum's brothers is a very creative man. He's a musician and he's very hippie She lives a bit of a hippie life. Lots of tie-dye and his wife is very crafty. Okay. Um, but, like, I didn't spend a lot of time with him or around yeah. him growing up or anything like that, so... Just Oddly, I am a bit of a black sheep in my family. Yes. Although my brother is creative and he's like a product designer, so he is right. artistic and he was very good at art when he was in high school. Yeah. I was not very good at art, but I did it anyway. That's the best because thing about her. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be very good, but I wasn't. Um, and I, so, yeah, we're the more creative ones in our family but that yeah. i think we'd get that from our dad because my mom isn't artistic at all okay which is weird so i get the artism artistic artism artism, artism. nice I, I like new that. word yeah i new got phrase. my artism, artism. I'm from my father <laughs> but seamstressing and sewing is on my mother's side which is just but you weird just why i'm just you know meant to be me <laughs> I guess you never I am even the knew product. It. <laughs> so yeah, if they ever complain to me, I'm like, well, yeah. I am the product of your lives. So. That is something I say to my mom whenever she's like, you know, you've done this thing. And I'm, I'm not sure where it came from. It's like, yes, but you raised me. So <laughs> you're responsible for This is your fault. <laughs> if I ever get arrested, I'm blaming both of you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we'll go down that line. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't not, think you can avoid becoming your parents in some way. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit terrifying. But I know that I have more patience than my mother, and that means I'm more prepared for life. I could, yeah. So, wait, so is your, is your mum more military or your dad more military? Dad's, Dad's side military. is military. Mum's side is German. But non-military but non-military German. German. Non-Hitler German. <laughs> Just to clarify. Just to clarify. Do you have to clarify that every time? Is Pretty, that like a responsibility? I mean, I went, growing up, I was called Nazi, so yes. Well, yeah. I do have to clarify kids, it. Yeah. Whenever Maybe I say, oh, I'm from Germany, and they're like, you know, this happened there. It's like, no, no. really? Who knew we were separated? Yeah, we're we're west, not yeah. east. <laughs> we are west. That's fair. Yeah. And maybe that's why you have patience, then. I mean, it's Military a reason for background. a lot of things. Yeah. It's a reason for my efficiency, my organization, <laughs> uh, my bluntness in a lot of cases. Um, but I guess in some ways, my innovativeness. Mm-hmm. Innovation. Innovation. Artism. Um, artism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a word. It's definitely the word. What was the... Oh, I'm trying to think what the title was earlier. I might make a t-shirt that says, I have artism. I'm, I'm artism, yeah. I like it. I think, yeah, I think these are good points to round this out on, of how you came to be, <laughs> so to speak. I'm proud of my German heritage. Yeah. I wear it more on the front than my English heritage. I prefer it, weirdly. Well, I mean, England doesn't have a great track record. True. I mean, a lot of flat comes up for other countries, but we do not have it. And it's modern times are worse off than Germans' modern times. So there's that. Yeah. You get two passports, though, don't you? I have two passports, yes. Which is why I'm not that worried about Brexit. So jealous. Not that we're mentioning Brexit. No. I've managed, I've done very well in the podcast. I thought about this the other day that I've only. Do you want Solion? I've done one. Uh, on Brexit. To say it's been going for like three years. True. Only one of them was about Brexit. And now this one. No. <laughs> to we'll round avoid. this out for we'll another avoid. hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm not too worried, but it was a blip there with my mother because she's not necessarily no. British. No. But it's fine. But I'm assuming married. So yeah, but that stay. doesn't count. No? Apparently that doesn't count. She still had to apply for residency. Just moved to Germany. Ugh, tell me about it. <laughs> if I need love Lincoln for whatever reason, don't know why, but there no, you go. Same. I don't know if I'd survive Germany anymore, to be fair. I've been to Germany once. No, My I sister's there now. Yeah. She's moved recently. So there's that. Future times. So you're going to start live streaming? Yes. You're going to do more embroidery? Duh. <laughs> it's my job. So, you're going to yeah. write? I want to. Yeah. I want to get back into it. It's been too long. Yeah. 
basically because in my dissertation for my mate i had to essentially write half a book right so i want to finish that book and then try my hand at getting it published etc but it's just doing it and then putting the time aside to do it and taking time away from the jobs to do it yeah um and that's not that easy like i was supposed to in january and then i got sick so i didn't she's always a hindrance so I lost two weeks, which I was like, oh, I'll spend that two mm. weeks doing writing. And it's like, nope, no. got the flu. Okay, yeah. bye. That's fair. Now I need to work on business stuff. So great. I know. That's exciting times then for the rest of the year. Yes. Yeah. I need to figure out what my Twitch name's going to be. I mean, that's an important question. It'll be my new identity. It definitely should be Sad Shark. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm not a shark. <laughs> and on that point, we'll bring this to an end. Okay. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. That's all right. I'm happy to get everyone creative on here. And, you know, it's been interesting. It's been good. But we shall round this out, and we will talk to these guys later. Bye. Bye.